In this week's episode, we're talking to Sean Horn and she shares with us her story of many miscarriages and baby loss and what happens when having a baby doesn't work out the way you want it to. Obviously, this show comes with a massive trigger warning. You may not want to listen to this episode or you may choose to listen at another time. If you are looking for some support, we've put some websites, some information and phone numbers in the show notes. Welcome to the Mum Mind podcast, or how to stop your mother falling out of your mouth. I'm Steph McSherry. I'm Bethan O'Riordan. We're both parents. And we're parenting experts. Apparently. <laughs> Apparently. Steph, we are. Okay, okay. Sorry. Just remind myself of that. And this morning we have a lovely guest with us. Good morning to Sean Horn. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Well, Sean, I think a lot of people would know you as a, an entrepreneur, a business expert, the founder of the Club Women's Network, sponsor of this podcast, uh, champion green, elite Pilates. Am I missing anything? <laughs> uh, model, DJ. <laughs> Love it. DJ stuff. It's, yeah. really it's my newest thing. I saw your DJ debut. It was impressive. Oh, I've actually got a question about this. Um, oh. So the music that was on the reel on the Instagram account, was that you DJing or was so, the music no, different? that was the first tune that I picked. Classic, okay. Yeah, oh yeah, we had to do, we had to go cheese 90s like. Oh, so brilliant. I can't was, wait for yeah, you to organise a rave. Yeah, I started with um, I've Got the Power because obviously I, I needed a bit of power because I was a little bit scared. But, um, but yeah. It was great. I think in January, like you should organize some kind of rave dance thing and we'll all go (laughs) and we'll have glow sticks and stuff. And I can do like UV painting on people's faces. God, it'll be like I'm a student again. I'm so up for it, honestly. I've only got a gig for December, so I'll let you know when it is. Okay, so yes, we are here on today's episode uh, talking about your personal journey, I guess. So what year did you meet your lovely Lee? I met Lee when I was 37 so I'm 52 this week so 15 years ago um what's that 23 9 18 9 17 18 wow. okay and um, did you meet did you meet in a pub am I remembering that correctly we met at a wedding oh, so yes. we were outside a pub at a wedding Blarney Castle actually and um, I went outside and he was there and we started chatting and I didn't really go back inside and I was like this guy's hilarious however I was there with a date oh (laughs) uh, uh, to be honest not a very nice date so it wasn't a major issue um but yeah that's when I kind of knew I was like okay I'm having that one I Mm. how how am I gonna get it and uh it's very funny actually so two of a lo- group of my friends met a group of his friends outside a club in Dublin. Two of them got married that March. And then the following year, another two were getting married in the February. I hadn't seen him for the year, but kind of couldn't get him out of my head. And I kept coming down to Cork to see my friend because I thought he might be out. And he never came <laughs> out. And I was like, <laughs> what an absolute dick. Yeah. <laughs> so the well, following yes. year... Our second friends were getting mad and my dad had actually passed away in the January. So they were getting mad in the Feb. And my friend rang me and said, look, I completely understand if you can't make the wedding, Sean. And I remember sitting around the table reminiscing about my dad with my four sisters and everything. I remember saying to one of my sisters, 
listen, that, that bloke's going to be at that wedding. And she was like, just get a flight, just get a flight. And I went and we'd literally, yeah, been inseparable ever since. Oh, that's so lovely. Such yeah. a love story. Yeah, I think it's nice. I We, we always say my dad sent him. So oh, lovely. Yeah. Good timing. So within a couple of years, you're residing together, I'm assuming. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah, okay. We spent four years driving up and down Cork, Dublin. I had a business in 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 Dublin, so I couldn't just pack up and and come down here. However, I had I, I kind of within a couple of weeks, I kind of told Lee what I wanted from a relationship. I was too, you know, I was thirty seven. I just didn't want to muck about anymore. I just I knew what I wanted. He was the one that I wanted to do it with. Um, I knew it straight away. So I told him very quickly, look, this is what I want. Um, he himself. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't run away. <laughs> but he didn't run away. And, um, and yeah, so within, I suppose, 18 months, we kind of, we kind of started sort of trying to create the world that, that we wanted to create. But I was in Dublin and he was down in Cork. So did you start trying for a family kind of while you were commuting? A hundred percent. So like, okay. you know, pin on the stick, got the smiley face, ring someone. Can you come and cover me for work? <laughs> like, everybody that worked for me knew exactly when we were having sex. It was super embarrassing. Um, but we were very fortunate in the sense, in some senses, that um, we always got pregnant first time, first try, every time. Okay. So first time, first try, super excited, you know, think this is it, we're off, we're on this journey. And then what happens? So at, we went for, my scan wasn't booked in until week 13. So if, I don't know why, but I just wanted that 12 week. I just wanted the reassurance. And obviously when we went to have that scan, we found out that the baby was no longer alive. So, Which must be devastating. It's horrific, horrific. Um, my sister actually was four four weeks pregnant after me, so we were like in this journey together. So horrific and horrific for everybody else around you. Um, and yeah, it's it's the first time I suppose in my life I just didn't know what to do. I didn't know how I could fix it. I'm a fixer. I I make everything better. Um, yeah but couldn't do this one yeah you're so, completely uh, out of control and that must be that's the terrifying part right absolutely but as I normally do I sent Lee packing back down to Cork said look I'll be fine I'm just going into hospital I'll sort this out it's grand um and very quickly as I got to the hospital I rang him and said get off the train <laughs> I yeah. need you to come back you know um you can't although I did a lot by myself just sometimes you have to ask and you have to have other people with you yeah absolutely especially in those kind of situations so I'm assuming at some point you kind of think right let's get back on the horse let's try again for me straight away like I'm like you know this isn't gonna knock me let's let's go again so um I gave myself a few months without a doubt to get over well to attempt to get over it. I don't think you ever get over that. That first one is really, really hard. Um, and you get, I, do you know what I think is the hardest thing about all of it is that people always have an opinion on it. So you tell somebody and then they'll go, the first thing they say is, how many weeks were you? Oh, okay, well, it could have been worse. You could have been this oh, week. Wow. 
or I've I've had one, but it was two weeks later than that. Do you know what I mean? And this all this comparison, mm. and the fact of the matter is, it doesn't bloody matter, um, because it's a super personal experience. It's because it happens only to your body. Mm. Yeah. So very hard to share that. So the second second time, obviously, every time. I loved being pregnant. I like I'd get pregnant tomorrow, but just not the fear of of loss. But um, every time I was having a baby, so the second time, the same kind of excitement. I told people much earlier the second time because I knew I'd need their support if something went wrong. I hate this whole twelve week loop. Mm. It's actually people find out anyway after the fact, and they could have been there to support you in the first place. Um. So unfortunately, then, yeah, a very different experience, the second one, but a, a loss again, uh, about, I think it was about nine or 10 weeks the second time. And is it, is there a part of your brain that then starts to go, oh, right, okay, is something going wrong? Is, yeah. Absolutely. So at two misses, we went to a clinic and spoke to somebody because I was concerned. Um, their answer categorically was what do you expect you're old and fat my uh, <gasps> husband real 100 never oh. it. do you know one thing i'm always surprised at although not that surprised i'm an old gray woman by now is people's lack of ability to hear and listen mm. y- you know like, like in so many situations there's not much that needs to be said you know like you said Shan I'm a fixer I want to fix things we all do we all like to fix stuff right this is like oh hanging out in the unfixable is like a weird thing but there is so much that just doesn't need to be said that's said and you think well what 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 good and what help is that actually going to do for anybody you know well zero is the answer no help at all however the only thing I did start to realize is it it was normal mm-hmm. what I was going through was normal um you know most women have had at least one or two most women over the age of 35 will have three or four um so I wasn't abnormal it, it, what he said to me, me made me feel like I was weird but actually as I looked into it more I realized this was happening to everyone but no, no one was talking about it and then and I don't like not talking about things because then it seems like it's a dirty secret and why is it a dirty secret we are doing our utmost to fulfill a dream that we've always had there's nothing wrong with that Mm. so so why are we burying it Mm. yeah because once it's out in the open and people do talk about it then other people have the power to say that happened to me it was horrendous yeah yeah. And I think and I think, Shan, do you know, when you said after the first loss, uh, people were like, oh, well, mine was this and mine was this. I think that is exactly it. Once someone kind of allows the conversation, then everyone comes in with their bit. It's just really tricky because at that time that wasn't what you needed per se. But it's like one person, then everyone kind of comes out. I want to say comes out the woodwork, but I don't mean it in like that kind of way. But that's almost how it feels. That's how hidden it is. Whereas, you know, we... I do think as human beings, though, we do, we have that lovely ability. Like, it's the same if somebody passes away. They're like, you, Sean and I both lost dads. And the first thing people ask is, well, how old was he? Like, if he's yeah. over a certain age, that that's going to be fine. 
or you know at least it was quick or you're like what <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's just as traumatic i've only got one dad <laughs> yeah and actually, you know all you... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but all you need to say is you know i i understand yes. i've been there in some way shape or form i understand if you want to talk yeah to me i'm so sorry you know that that yeah. i'm so sorry that happened to you yeah, so after this lovely um, consultant chap, I'm assuming it was a chap, said that Isn't to you. Mad? Like, I guess you paid him money for him to shame you. <laughs> I'm always like, yeah, you know, no. great. Now, in fairness, he did, rede he, he did redeem himself later um, uh, when I got into a bit of trouble. He, he did help me out. But still, I still think he's a bit of a twat. <laughs> yeah, God. So what journey did he take you on? He didn't. I, I I wouldn't have had gone on a journey with with someone like that. So, so obviously, now realizing that it was kind of normal, um, I just said, right, it's you know, it's a numbers game. So we've just got to keep going. Um, we went for three and four, and again, two very different sort of circumstances. And then after four, obviously, I was I was very blue. You know, I I was. I was Struggling. And can can I ask you something exceedingly personal? Obviously, this is all yeah. really personal. And obviously, Sean knew what we were going to talk about today because I'm really aware it sounds really cold that we're just jumping in with these horrendous questions. But I'm assuming, meanwhile, your sister went on to have that baby. That must have been incredibly difficult. Like, overjoyed for her, but really difficult for you. Yeah, take a minute, sorry. And the only reason I'm asking these type of questions is because other people are out there listening and having lived through this. And I know that your message at the end of this is you you survive it and you come out the other end stronger. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I obviously I look at my niece. Yeah. What's her name? Lily. Lily. Lovely. And the funny thing is I've actually... I was pregnant again with my sister's second child, who is, who's actually me. Um, it's the weirdest thing. She looks like me. She acts like me. She moves like me. She has my sense of humor. She is sassy. She is, but like anybody that meets her just goes, oh my God. <laughs> it's Sean. It's the weirdest thing ever. She's, um, is she Bella? She's uh, Annabelle. Annabelle yeah and can I ask Shan like like I mean I know that your story is going to resonate with loads of our listeners because like you said you know so many um moms families experience one or two losses and I know you had many more than that but what is it that you would say maybe to the people who are listening like I want to say, do you have advice? But I know we're not like, hey, Shan, what's your top five business tips? Because I know that you're an excellent businesswoman and that would be like a question. If I was to bump into you on a street, I'd be like, Shan, tell me what I should do now. But this is different, right? But like for people listening, and I don't want it to sound like real cheesy for everybody listening. What have you got to say? Have you got any prizes? You know, it's not like that. But what is it? What is it that you'd want people to know who are in the same or similar position than you? I think, look, for me, like, look, I, I will always have a tear. You know what I mean? I'll, it, you know, when we talk about certain things, it's emotional. 
I will cry about this to the day I die, but I'm okay. Every time you, you know, you lose a piece because you have to remember these, these people are part of your DNA. Mm-hmm. So every time you lose one, part of your DNA is, is weakening and, mm-hmm. and your heart. I always say it like, um, I always imagine them gripping my heart mm-hmm. and, and as they left me, they just took a little piece. Yeah. yeah. And so although your heart will never be full again, it, or should I say complete, although your heart will never be complete, it will be full. You know, it's a bereavement. So mm-hmm. if you had any loss, like, you know, Steph, your dad, whatever, any loss in your life. And and I think that's the difference. I, you know, it, I hate miscarriage. You know, it's like I missed something. Where did it go? It's a bereavement. So mm-hmm. later in my story, I, I tried a different avenue and it didn't always work. And that was disappointment. And there is a difference in my world between disappointment and bereavement. And I am mourning the loss of, of not just my babies, but my life that I was supposed to have. Mm. Yeah. And that's part of what we all grow up in, right? That, you know, you get married, you have babies, and that's your expectation from when you're very young. Even even us modern ladies that have businesses and, you know, that's still an ex... And, like, we're terrible at, you know, as soon as somebody gets engaged, when are you getting married? As soon as they're married, when are you having a baby? As soon as they've had the first baby, when are you having the next baby? And it's pressure. We put enormous pressure on people. And it's a club as well. Like, you know me, Steph, like, you know, I'm a social butterfly. I like to, I, I want to be involved in everything. I want to be in every club. I can't get in your club. Mm. And it is a club and I'm not invited. And it's so, that's really hard. Yeah. Because although I don't have children, you know, I have six unbelievable nieces, two unbelievable nephews. Um, you know, they are, they're mine. They are, so, you know, they they are mine and, and I have opinions and I have tools that I use to help nurture them in a different way to my sisters. And, you know, I'm very proud of that, but I, I'll never be in that club. Yeah. So that's, it is hard. Like Christmas is shit. Yeah, because it's all the things you wanted it to be that aren't happening. And what did you do for Christmas, Sean? I suppose if you want to say. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I go to Ennis. I have two nieces, two other nieces from another sister who are fortunately obsessed with their auntie and uncle, um, mm. as we are obsessed with them. So, um, in fact, on their birthdays, my sister always says, no, they do the list for what friends do you want to invite? And, and Auntie Sean and Uncle Lee are always at the top of the list, Aww. which is always the cutest thing. They're five and three. And uh, we we spend every Christmas with them, and then we go home, and I see my other nieces then straight after for New Year. And you will be such a huge part of all of their lives because I think whether you're an auntie or a, a good friend of the family, that other responsible adult that we always talk about that's outside the immediate family is so important in a kid's life because there are going to be times when they're not going to go to mum or dad, they're going to go to that other safe adult. 
Yeah, and that already happens with the older ones. You know, I've got an eighteen-year-old nephew and a thirteen-year-old niece, and I get that call, and I, you know, I'm like, "Don't you, don't play me off now against your mother." Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, we are sisters. Yeah, <laughs> I love the fact I've so many nieces, and I love like we all went on holiday together this summer, and I love the fact I can bowl around the bikini as a larger lady. They see that, they see my confidence, they give it the the wiggle, they. <laughs> They love it. They, you know, they're not looking at, you know, they, it's just cool. I, I I, love being that person for them. Oh, so like I'm going to go into therapy mode just a tiny bit, not on you uh, or anyone, just 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 in general. But I think what we're talking about from my side of the screen, if that's even a thing, uh, it, it, it's almost like bringing up a seat at the table in our minds for all the voices you know, for the loss of not being in the club, for the amazing Christmas with the nieces and nephews, but also it not being your, the children who you wanted to have, for the amazing summer holidays, for the amazing bikinis, for the fun times. Oh, I just got a notification to say we're starting our call in five minutes. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll just, I'll just turn it off, guys. We'll but keep you know, going. Yeah, but you know, I guess like that's it like you found a way for all the voices to be at the table at once and sometimes one is louder and sometimes one is quieter but they're all there and you know there's all this kind of like I can swear now because you swore first Shan there's all this bullshit on so Steph doesn't let me normally but you know you're a guest so you know you set the trend but you know there's all this just means more editing for me that's why (laughs) (laughs) more bleeps more bleeps but you know, like, there's so much bullshit on social media about what resilience is. But your story today is resilience. It's that oh. life happens and there's one foot in front of the other, but it doesn't always have to move forward. We can stay stuck. We can stay floored. We can do whatever the hell we want uh, because that's life and it's your choice. Yeah. I mean, for me, I suppose, look, you know, the, the story is a long one and to 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 sort of wrap it up in a nutshell, um, I in the end had seven miscarriages and we were down the egg donor route on number eight like this couldn't go wrong this wasn't my egg um if I was going to give advice to anybody get your AMH levels done I wasn't told to do that until very long into my journey I probably didn't have a hope to be honest with the level of the quality of my eggs to have continued pregnancies so obviously I went off to Spain and thought I'd get a nice little young Spanish egg, nice, dark, sallow skinned, <laughs> lovely girl, looks obviously just like me. And uh, unfortunately, um, I had to terminate that pregnancy um, at 20 weeks and um, the baby hadn't formed. It was just fatal fetal abnormality. I could have waited and let the baby die in me um and I actually mentally couldn't do that again so oh sorry that's all right but also Shan we can edit out any of it all of it whatever you do you know I know I think do you know what I think it's so important to talk Mm. about Okay, I just I just wanted to give you the option. Did, yeah. did you know, just because this this isn't a podcast for a podcast's sake. You know, it's not like we do one every yeah. week, so we're going to bang this out, whatever. It's because this is your story. You know, we'll send it to you before and you can tell us what to edit. No, I, listen, I'm a quick processor. What comes out of my mouth is always the truth and the truth must be spoken. You don't need to edit this. 
Mm. I think it's and the reason why I tell it is because people have a perception of the strength and the resilience and they need to know that you don't have to be that 24 mm. 7 and the fact that I live in a country that couldn't look after me and probably still can't even though we voted to do so yeah no it cannot yeah, yeah. I can I can vote and for that I had and fortunately for me I got to do I got to you know give my baby away in a place in Richmond where I grew up so that gave me a bit of peace. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because um, it was a place that you knew and that meant something to you. And I guess what you're saying is, you know, so many women have to go to the UK to a place probably they've never been or certainly have no connection with and go through that process because we're not allowing them to do that here. It's it's a disgrace. It's an absolute disgrace. And had I not been you know, mid like in 40, I think it was 44 at the time, um, and strong and been through what I'd been through, that would have just killed me off. Like, and I remember walking in the place actually, and there were some people giving shit to people walking in the place. There was mm. a very young girl from Ireland actually with her mum walking in. Oh. And I remember having an argument with these mean women outside and saying, if you've got something to say, you say it to me, leave her alone because you will affect her for the rest of her life. Um, now, there was a nun in that place as well that said something quite mean to me as I was leaving. She held my hand, and you'll go, you have to go through hypothermia to, to do this, which is awful. And she held my hand as I was leaving and said, try doing it the natural way next time. Oh, my God. Because they knew about the egg donor, obviously. Wow. Well, I didn't punch her in the throat, I don't know. But anyway, I didn't. <laughs> I, I'd have told nobody if you had it done. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I didn't. But, but all those sort of things don't help the situation. And, you know, I did a piece um, before I went to Egg Donor back in, the, you know, a few years ago about the, the losses and about moving forward. And I did that piece because um, it was for a magazine and it was a video but I did it because I didn't think I knew my family didn't know how to deal with me or what to say. And my friends were struggling. You know, everybody was just telling me to stop because they could see what I was going through. And I just wasn't ready to stop. However, when I made the decision, we went after the eighth, I did go back twice and the egg donorship didn't work. And that's what I'm saying. I was in a weird way, you know, I was very disappointed but that tenth time, I was actually relieved that it was the end of my journey mm. because I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't do it anymore. But at that point, Beth, this is where we sit down, and I said to to my you know now husband, you know, right, okay, we need to get married. We need to have a huge party. We need to celebrate that we're together. We need to celebrate that we're going to be okay. And then we need to sit down and we need to plan our life because if I'm not going to have the life that I want, I'm going to have a completely different life. I'm going to travel. I'm going to create. I'm going to. And he was like, "You, we, we can do whatever you want to do, Sean. Like, do you know what I mean? And, and he's amazing. He followed me to the end of the earth. Like, um, and so we've created a new life, a very happy life, a very busy life a travelled life, the good food and wine life. I think I was saying on Instagram the other day, I'm going to live in extra, I've decided in 2024. This place that they call extra, I'm mm-hmm. going to, I'm going there. And 
and I'm okay. I yes, I I have. It saddens me to think about it. And yes, you know, sometimes I look at my nieces and go, I'm a bit jealous that I don't have that. But they're not my children. And nobody else's children are. So I was never jealous of anybody else. I was always happy for them and their journey because they were never having my baby. And I know that's not the same for everybody. I have friends that have gone through very similar that I've gone through. And they really struggled being around pregnant women and stuff. And I, I never did. It was never my baby. However, I do protect myself. And sometimes if there is big situations where people, it's completely mum talk, then I might pop off to the loo. Yeah, but saying that, like I, I, I'm a Pilates instructor, so I used to teach pre and postnatal. I, I haven't taught pre and postnatal, um, again, because I just, as a Pilates instructor, I'm always the first person to find out when someone's pregnant. Mm-hmm. And I'm always the first person to find out when they lose it. So I spend a lot of my time talking to women about this um, and, and it's hard and it is normal and it happens all the time. I'm talking to people most weeks, most other weeks because of losses. So just know that you're not unusual. It is normal. And and I think, you know, if you're happy to tell people earlier so that they can be there to support you. Um, but just know that, look, shit happens I don't know anybody that's had a perfect life, um, but you will be okay. And maybe for people listening that they are the friend that the person confides in or tells their devastating news to, that we just listen and we're yeah. just there to listen and we don't have to come out with our, what we think are pearls of wisdom or that we've been there and, you know, whatever week we lost a baby or whatever it is to maybe just zip it for a, a bit and just listen and be there for that person. Absolutely. Um, and I'm always happy, like I still speak to people over my DMs about this because I think it's really important that they have somewhere that they can talk to people about it as well. Yeah, and in the world of social media, I think we hear the stories of... I had this many losses and then I conceived. Here's my happy ending. And I don't think we hear the stories of the people that never did. So what you're saying and doing today is really important. And, you know, thank you for sharing it with us. We, we really appreciate it. No, that's, and and exactly that Steph, because I was sick, you know, I'm I'm really, it's always like, and this is, this is the prize at the end. I I've had the most turmoil, but now I've got three kids and blah, blah. But they need to see that, you know, you can, have the turmoil and and maybe you don't get the prize at the end um but you'll be all right it just takes a bit of time thank you very much no problem at all this podcast is sponsored by the club women's network it can be lonely working for yourself so this online support and learning network is here to help women learn what they need to know to stay in business They meet online twice a month and in-person meetups too. They teach you everything from reels to financial forecasting. For more information, check out theclubwomensnetwork.com. The Cam Parenting Community is my online support for parents. It's waitlist free and inside is myself and a child and family therapist. So together we offer you 42 years experience helping children and family to solve your parenting problems. If you want to join us, head to my website, bethanoreardon.com and be the change your children need.